Welcome back to the channel for our first video after hitting 1 million total views. I wanted to start today's episode off by thanking everybody that has supported all along the way. We wouldn't be here without you. It's also my joy to tell you that this is only the beginning. Today we'll be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from Reddit. As always, I encourage you to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying accounts. But without any further delay, Let's jump right in. This story happened to me relatively recently, and it's probably why I'm still so charged up about the event. I know I'm at least a little bit at fault for the actions that occurred, but I'm hoping that telling the story will help me move past it, as well as maybe, just maybe, saving anybody else from making the same mistake given the same odd circumstances. My family and I live in Costa Rica. It's a beautiful country, lush rainforests, amazing people, but that's not to say it's the perfect country by any means. A while ago, I went with my wife and son to visit a family friend and their parents in another state. They lived in one of the bigger towns of this particular state. We stayed there for a few days, but on the third day, I think, our friend's father grew sick and had to be hospitalized. He's fine now, thank goodness. My friend's mother explained to me that the father was supposed to go and drop a van off to his brother in a town about three hours away. The brother's family were desperate for the van because they were moving houses. And with the father being in the hospital now, there would be no one to do the task. I told them not to worry. I'd take the van and come back by bus the same evening. So I set off the next day along the highway. I made good time and arrived in the small town in about two and a half hours. I met the brother, had some food with his family, and then about 10 p.m. set off to the bus area to make my way back. When the bus arrived, I realized that it was more like a local bus. Small, kind of old, relatively cramped. It definitely wasn't the big motor coach that I had expected, including myself there were only five other people on the bus. What I immediately noticed was that the bus wasn't taking the paid highways like I did. It was taking the long, and to be honest, more dangerous route. Latin America can have some dangerous sights. About two hours in, the driver stopped because he wanted to smoke. So I stepped out to relieve myself. I finished before the driver did his cigarette, and I decided to jump back onto the bus grab my own cigarettes, and have one too. The driver must have seen me get on, but not get back off. Because as I stood there behind the bus, it suddenly began to drive off. I was listening to music on my headphones, so it took me a second to even realize. And by that point, it was too late. So here I was, on this road in the middle of the jungle, with nothing in sight. The full moon overhead did provide some light, so it's not like I was completely blind out there. I decided to walk the way the bus went. Now, as I walked, I started to get a little worried about the wildlife. There are jaguars and other forest predators here. However, another thought that I had was, what would I do if I saw a car? The obvious thing you think is that I should flag it down, tell them the story, and they would help. But I'm not in the US or Europe, 
I feel immediately that this could be dangerous. And I think my gut reaction helped me immensely that night. So I'm walking along for about half an hour, and I haven't made my mind up entirely on if I were to stop a car if I saw one. Then I see light coming down the road, accompanied by very loud music. I'm walking past a small, empty bus stop at the same second, which has a bench in it and a light. The first piece of civilization that I've seen since the bus left me. At this point, I dart past the bus stop, into the tree line, and I duck right out of sight. I'm worried about snakes and spiders, and also thinking I might be stupid for hiding here instead of flagging the car down. But part of me, well, part of me said that I was making the right choice. The car pulls up right near the bus stop, and it's not a car. It's actually three big pickup trucks, with about ten people in total. Each of them armed with absolute teeth. They jump out, and it looks as if they're wrangling two or three more people out of the back of one of the pickup trucks. As I look for my hiding spot, I can see that the final people out of these trucks have their hands bound and hoods placed over their heads. I can see knives, and I realize that an execution is about to take place. I duck down at this point, thinking of movies where hidden observers are spotted simply because they're being too nosy. I try to hide my head to the best of my ability and conceal myself, thinking that if I can just make it past this point unscathed, I'd still have an opportunity to make it home safe. I close my eyes tight and cover my ears, thinking that some ungodly sound or some horrendous screams are soon to infiltrate my ears, but that's not what I hear at all. After a few moments of silence, hear the sound of tires squealing and those trucks all driving off. As I poke my head into the clearing, I don't see a soul, no captors, no victims, no bodies strewn around on the ground, just empty space. As I gather my wits about me, thankful that I didn't witness a beheading, I'm even more thankful that I didn't attempt to flag down these trucks. Who knows the situation it could have put me in had that been the case. In the end, I completely changed my direction. I got to the nearest town about two hours later, sat on a park bench through the night until the first crack of daylight before finding my way to the nearest bus stop and safely returning back to my friend's parents' house. I reckon that I'm pretty lucky. I always think what would have happened had I stopped those trucks. I'm glad that I'll never have to find out. I'm currently 25 years old, and this story happened to me back when I was still living at my parents' house. I was commuting to college at the time, and had three siblings that also lived at home. My brother, and two younger sisters. For some context, we lived on five acres in rural Ohio, surrounded on both sides by woods and farm fields. Additionally, during the week, my dad would leave for work at around 2 a.m., so I had always felt like it was my job to be the man of the house, because he was gone during the times when you would imagine something sketchy were to happen. However, because it was the weekend, my dad was home this evening. 
I woke up to the sound of my brother's voice trying to get my attention. We had separate rooms upstairs, and coming out of our rooms you could look down over the banister to see our front door. When I woke up, it took a few moments to get out of the haze and realize what was going on. I looked at the clock, and it read 2.35 a.m. My brother told me that there were two men at our front door. That sentence hit me like a whole pot of coffee, and now I was wide awake. We quietly walk out of my room and peek over to look down at the front door. As we look, there was no one at the door, but I did notice my parents off to the side, out of view from the glass window that served as part of our front door. I whispered down to my dad, and he told me that there were two guys who had been talking to each other and knocking on the door. Hearing my dad say this freaked me out even more. I quickly went back into my room, grabbed my pistol, shuffling down the stairs after looking to make sure that there was no one at the door. If they had been, they would have easily seen me trudging down the stairs, holding a firearm, as it was in direct view from the door. My brother is right behind me as we head over to where my parents are, whispering to try to find out what's going on. My parents had awoken to the sound of our dog barking, and had come out to find these two men knocking loudly at the door. At this point, the men return, and begin pounding away again, despite the fact that no one had come to the door in the first place, and our dog was still actively barking. The fact that they were there at this time, in a location where houses are spread out hundreds of yards, and still knocking, made the situation even more terrifying. After a couple of minutes, the men walked away, and we all shuffle across the kitchen into the family room to peek out the windows that overlook our driveway. Our outdoor light casts a beam over a black Cadillac sitting in our driveway, but no one was inside from what we could see. Immediately, the next question to spring to mind was, where did these guys go? They weren't in the car, and they were no longer at the front door. Unfortunately, we figured out the answer when the handle to our back door began to jiggle. They were now trying to enter the back door of our house, which enters right into the kitchen. At this point, I just remember my mom frantically saying, David, to my dad, as pure terror overwhelmed her. Then two things happened. Adrenaline filled my body as I prepared my handgun, horrified at the very real possibility that I might have to shoot someone. Secondly, my dad finally grabbed the phone, called the police, and calmly explained to them what was happening. Thankfully, after a few moments of jiggling, they stopped at the back door and disappeared once more, only to return to the front of our house and pick up their knocking at the front door once again. But by this point, several minutes had gone by, and we began to see the local police fly up in multiple cruisers with their lights on. As they whipped into our driveway and front yard, the two men bolted, attempting to run the long way around the house across the driveway. One of them disappeared out of view, but the other one was intercepted by an officer yelling for him to get on the ground. When he didn't, he was promptly tased and fell to the ground anyway. Some of the officers went around the house after the other guy, while another officer came to talk to my dad and I as we exited the house. They ended up finding the other man hiding in my sister's playhouse in the backyard. 
it appears that both of them were drunk or high, as the one who hid had drugs on him. While they were both arrested that night, we never did find out what they were charged with, what happened to them, or why they were even there. Needless to say, the whole experience wasn't very fun. And while I hope to never have to relive this moment, I'm incredibly grateful that both my father and I were there during this whole ordeal with our family, that I had my protection in my hand, and that we're firm believers in locking our doors. I do believe that that was the difference that night. When my daughter was two years old, I was having a tough time as a single mother and decided to take a road trip up Highway 1. I made reservations in Trinidad at a cool cabin in the woods within walking distance of the beach. Before I left, my stepfather gave me a loaded 38 revolver, which I stored under the driver's seat of my car. Sometime after driving through San Francisco, it was very late and dark and there was nobody on the highway. My daughter was sleeping peacefully in her car seat next to me. Back then, we could legally have car seats in the front. I noticed a car coming up behind me, but as they switched lanes to pass me, they slowed down, driving parallel alongside of me. I sped up and slowed down, but I couldn't shake them. I looked over and this guy had his interior light on and was furiously gesturing for me to pull over. I knew I had to find a safe place, but there was nobody else on the road, and I was starting to run low on gas. There was just nothing on this highway for miles. I kept driving and kept driving, but this guy wouldn't leave me alone. I was getting very frightened, but the mama bear was coming out, and I was getting very angry as well. I knew that he could see my kid, and the fact that he was attempting to menace me just made me that much more furious. Finally, we reached a point where there was an exit up ahead and a gas station in the middle of nowhere, so I took the exit with the guy closely following me. I wasn't sure what to do. The gas station was brightly lit, but it had no other customers. I didn't feel as if it was safe for me to pull in, so I slowly passed it, drove further into the dark, deserted landscape, and pulled into a large dirt area and drove quite a ways off the highway with him following. Absolutely nothing around. I knew I was in big trouble and I needed to take control and put him into a vulnerable position. Mama Bear was in full protective mode and I was pissed. I stopped the car, grabbed the gun, and jumped out, locking the car right behind me. As he pulled up, I ran around to the passenger side and waited. He then got out of his car and quickly moved towards me as I suddenly raised the gun up, visible only in the moonlight. He came to a halt, surprised, and then I leveled the gun across the car, taking direct aim as I waited. He stood there, weighing his options, then turned around, got back in his car, and left. Not a single word was spoken, but it absolutely terrified me. I know for a fact that his intentions weren't good, but I was planning on meeting force with force, and I had the benefit of six rounds in my revolver, and I'll tell you right now, I wasn't going to miss. <laughs> <laughs> 